suddenly appeared 30 years ago. But now, the burnish threat is finally being driven out. Burning Rescue! Dispatch! It's full of burnish flares in here! I can't get any closer! Get Dolo up here! It sets my firefighter soul ablaze! Come on down, big boss! And fight me! Man to man! What the hell's going on? You're just a kid! It's Leo Fotia. Ah! I'll extinguish you with my burning soul! We burnish our human beings. Don't go crazy! This guy's stupid? Oh, yeah. Magma from the Earth's core has been out of control. It'll be a greater catastrophe than the Great World Blaze. Why can't you just stop starting fires? It's not our choice. Governor Craig, the test was a success. The time has come. Now you die! Bring it all. Someone must shoulder the fate of mankind. Even if the ideals you look up to come crashing to the ground, your hope will never be broken. Now I'll show you my burning firefighter soul! It's not that hot at all! So... How do we just do we do this in order? Are we doing this in order, or what's what, how are we doing this? How how do we how do we tackle this burning passion project? Hmm. Good question. Good question. I'll just start by saying this is one of the hypest, most bi lit films I've ever seen. Whole lot of shades of purple and pink and blue all over and that makes me a very happy boy i actually never realized the bi colors thing until you brought it up. oh by the way um spoilers for the entire yes. movie this point yeah works. there is no call for spoilers we cannot talk about this movie without talking about spoilers especially considering the fact that um you think the villain is one guy, but then it's very clearly yeah. this guy. I'm glad I got to see it in the theater with you, Jed. It was a lot of fun. So, uh, do we go chronological order? Are we doing chronological order first? Are we doing, like, story order, or are we just talking however the fuck we want? Like, wh wh what's the game plan? I don't know. I don't, How should we approach I, this? I don't, I don't even. I say we kind of work our way through it. Okay. I th So... The movie opens up with, um, okay, actually, we should also probably mention right now, there has been some controversy that people like to assume that Studio Trigger may or may not have ripped off some ideas uh, from Atsushi Okubo from Fire Force. I will say, a lot of the st actual story and things that happen in this movie are different enough and not like Fire Force that you really that's not really a thing. I'd say the beginning of this movie is probably like the closest argument yeah, you can get uh, to actual yeah. plagiarism. Okay. Yeah, the the opening specifically yeah, and nothing else. I mean. <laughs> so this wasn't a ripoff of Rescue Me, the show on FX from 15 years ago? Okay. Alex, you know we don't know what the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm the only one here who actually watches, you know, actual television. And it, 
Anyways, we got like a pat. We open up to past events of like society from 30 years ago of people basically getting really hot and sweaty and that things lighting on fire. Unexplained cases of human combustion the all over the world. Is investigating cases of spontaneous human combustion. Burnish is thought to cause self-combustion. A burnish independence movement is also Radical growing, and public opposition to it is deepening. On a related note, UN-appointed specialist Professor Prometh has stated that the oppression of the burnish may lead to concurrent blazes worldwide. This is basically a the Great Burning, I think they called it, and also the discovery of. The Burnish, mm -hmm. which I'm going to be real. You could probably replace Burnish, Burnish with Mutants, and it would work yeah. out very well. What happens is basically that one scene, and this is Spinal Tap, where the drummer just spontaneously combusts. It's tragic, really. He exploded on stage. It just was like a flash of green light, and that was it. Nothing was left. It was, face. Well, there was. It's that, true. This, this truly did There's a little green globule on his drum seat. Dozens of people spontaneously combust each year. It's just not really widely reported. Right. Yeah. Everybody's spitting fire so hot and lighting on fire so hot. A lot of people die, and then people are just able to wield fire, and then they are kind of ostracized by society and there are rallies and riots and honestly the burnish are basically mutants from x-men in a way kind of sort of kind of sort of yeah so then we cut to uh a like 30 plus years later after these events to take place and then we have a fire that is started at a pharmaceutical company and then we meet our rowdy our band of firefighters and we say band of firefighters, but really only one of them is actually important to the movie. <laughs> you're not okay. Yeah. You're not. Uh, I mean, I mean, I mean, okay. I mean, okay. Arguably, two of them, but the second one. By you're not me. wrong, but we'll get to that. Um, one has a bigger focus than the rest. We'll see what it's that. Basically, we we introduce to a. We uh, basically we see what do firefighters in this world do. Uh. They shoot ice cubes, and they have mechs. Yeah. <laughs> as firefighters tend to do. So, basically, you see them in action, literally launch, catapulting their mechs into these these things. Um, you see that shit in action, them saving people, them, like, freezing things, which... By the way, I will say this. You could probably, ironically, say this movie is Geometry Wars, because... Yeah. Every, every ice cube is just a giant cube... And every flame is a is a triangle. Yeah, every everything is very blocky in this movie, probably by design. Probably by design, though. There's a couple of moments where the CG does look jank. It does actually look like there's enough CG stylization to the CG world that it actually doesn't look too bad. There's a you all you all can blame slash thank Sands again for that. Which the, it actually does look pretty it's, good. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I was gonna say it felt like there were some Spider Verse influence, but it's probably too early for that. I could see some Spider Verse. If, okay, I'll, by the way, let's. 
I think we've discussed it before. Spider-Verse is going to basically, like, be <laughs> the benchmark for anime movies in the years to come. Just saying, be prepared. It's going to be great. Or terrible, depending on your perspective. Anyways, uh, so we see them saving people from a fire. And then we see it was a attack started by a terrorist group called the Mad Burnish. Because they are mad. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so, and, yeah, I gotta say, I was actually very surprised how quickly they jumped to that. Bad news, Captain. Those guys are Mad Burnish. Inferno terrorists? Affirmative. Most of them were captured, but their leader and two of the top generals are still at large. Gallo, listen up. Don't underestimate him. He's the root of all Burnish crime, and the world's been hunting him for 30 years. He's the leader of Mad Burnish. The rescue gear you're wearing wasn't designed for this. Wait for backup. So this guy's the boss? Gollum, don't! Aina, you need to get those people out of here. Right now! Don't do anything crazy! You know he already made up his mind. Yeah, we just kind of jumped to meeting them. Then we also meet uh, the movie's big, beefy boy, Gallo Timos. (laughs) <laughs> Timos. That's how they pronounce it in the dub. Okay. Gallo Timos. Weirdly enough. He is he is the biggest shonen boy. I am excited. Mm-hmm. I have a, like, he is just really. He's a very good dumb boy with a heart of gold and no brain. Heart of gold. And he's just so excited to show off his Japanese pride of like, yo, from a mm-hmm. far off island nation, they wore these into fight into battle, and he's doing a whole speech. And the villains are just like, "Is this guy an <laughs> idiot?" Yeah, I think he's an idiot. <laughs> and it turns out he was, in fact, an idiot. Fire may be gone, but the heat still lingers. On the scene, equipment docking. Matoy Tech. I'll extinguish you with my burning. Behold! Matoy embodies the firefighting heritage and soul of Amari's island nation! It symbolizes the spirit of the brave men who fought fire with their bare hands! Your reign of fiery terror ends today, you pyromaniac bastard! This guy is definitely. And then there's some really cool fight scene stuff going on where they fight these guys. And they have some really cool looking punk rock, punk rock designs. And then he fights the lead boy of the movie. Uh, his name is uh, Leo Fotia. And um, Alexander, would you like to describe Leo Fotia to me? Gorgeous and stylish as all holy fucking hell. I mean, uh, ba- okay, basically, what if they made Vero pretty? Oh man, he is, is very he is very punk rock pretty. Yeah. He's punk rock pretty. Very be shonen pretty. Finally. One on one. What's so fun about burning people's houses down anyway? It's not about fun. The flames are part of us. What the hell's going on? You're just a kid. And who are you to talk? Get out of my way or you're gonna die. The burnished don't kill people unless they're forced to. This is over. You're unarmed and naked. That's big talk for a little pyromaniac. So are you amazed yet? You know I didn't get naked just for fun. It hadn't crossed my mind. 
today you met Galo Timos, the unbelievable blazing firefighter with a burning soul! So mad, burnished boss. Burn my name into your mind. It's Leo. Leo Fotia. He is so pretty that everybody likes to make the gosh darn motherfucking hilarious jokes. Her her her. I thought this was a girl. Her her her. Is he a her her her. Like, oh my god, you're not original. You're not original. Like, it's literally. Here's how the process should go. This char I think this character's a girl. Oh, they're a boy? Neat. And then that's it. That's all you need to do. Okay, okay. I mean, look, guys. I also thought the character was a girl until I heard it was Yanni Ogbao's voice in them. And it's like, oh, it's a male. Neat. The end. It's, that's all it is. It's just, okay, cool. Hmm. That's a guy. Moving on. Anyways, <laughs> um. So, basically, they beat, they beat the bird, they beat the bird, they beat the bur The burnish. They defeat, they defeat the enemy. And, oh, yeah. and they get arrested. And then uh, the group calls the call the freeze force shows up. And then we got the fucking pigs. Who uh, may or may not be a reference to a uh, yeah. certain, to a certain. Wait, 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 wait. Let's 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 let's, 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 let's we're, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Let's build up to yeah. that. We here, Jen. I love you. It's all about building this up first. We need to explain why that's a thing. Context matters. Anyways, we see these big fucking ice dark pigs called the Freeze Force uh, with Vulcan, who is this big scary guy who's kind of an asshole, and uh, Gallo is not afraid to call him an asshole, <laughs> and he does not take kindly to this. But thankfully, uh. Gallo's de facto dad of the team, who is just Axe Cop. He is just fucking Axe Cop, and he is amazing. <laughs> like, I wish there was more of him, but he is Axe Cop, and he's amazing, and he's great. And he's the dad, and he's played by Steve Bloom, so he's a good boy. Um, he manages to get him to stop, and then they... And then, uh, the Burnish gets arrested. They get arrested and thrown into an ice prison where a bunch of innocent Burnish are being held against their will. As there's a whole thing where it's like, yep, the Burnish are being persecuted and arrested and held unfairly against the law. Hmm. So there's some... Yeah. Uh, by, a group, by a group called the Freeze Force. <laughs> Surprisingly... Wait, wait, I got... Yeah, more on that in a second. Um... But yeah, there's some. Here's the thing I wasn't expecting going into this movie. The first act, surprisingly more political yeah. than I was anticipating. And in the second act as well. The third act, they, 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 we'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, um, definitely early on in this movie, there's a big political element at play. Even coming into the fact that the guys are hanging out uh, at their favorite pizza joint. By the way, th this is... The city is called Promopolis. Mm -hmm. It's fucking New York. Yeah, it's, it's definitely it's New, York, New city. York City. It is absolutely 110%. This is supposed to be New York City. Because that's where all the heroes are. And why else are they having this really oh, nice uh, I, I, I pizza I think you joint. forgot to mention something after uh, yes, the, yes, yes. the whole thing happens where uh, the day is saved... The day is saved. Uh, 
he get they get rewarded. Uh, Gallo gets rewarded with a mer with a medal by the city's governor and leader of a big technological uh, company, which was also the the building that was getting uh, lit on fire by the burnish was owned by this guy named Cray Foresight. Cray Foresight is a guy who is basically the manliest looking manly man that's ever manned. And uh, Gallo idolizes him because he was the man who saved his life in a burning building incident. Mm -hmm. Now, allow me to introduce Burning Rescue's rookie hero, your Gallo Timos. Join me as we celebrate his great achievement the Annihilation of Mad Burnish. Gal, please continue to protect the citizens of Promepolis. You can count on me, Governor. I'll keep on protecting Promepolis, just like you once protected me. You've always been my greatest hero and inspiration as a firefighter, ever since you lost your arm saving me. When he was very young, he was the one that saved his life, and after that incident, uh, Gallo... Uh, Gallo... Uh, uh, Cray Foresight uh, skyrocketed in popularity. He started funding a lot of scientific research developments. Uh, one of the members of the uh, f the fire company that Gallo is a part of, Ina, her lead, si her big sister. Uh, her name is spelt Harris, mm -hmm. but I think the dub says her name as Ellis. It, I, I can I can imagine that. Yeah. It's very weird, but it's like her name, they say it, Ellis. So Ellis is uh, Ina's big sister. And Ina is a character who is after my buddy Spaceman Hardy. She's a character designed after his heart because she's basically, <laughs> she's basically what if Yoko Littner was Tifa? Uh, with pink hair. She's got, she's got the booty, she's got the booty shorts and the suspender to just pull the Tifa thing, but she's got the design appeal of the Yoko Littner fans. Let's face it, she looks like Yoko Littner. I'm sure everybody has said, man, Gala looks a lot like Kamina, so there, let's face it, this isn't going to be the last time I'm talking about Grimlock. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> back on the we're trying to do chronological order, they're eating pizza. The The guy that makes pizza there, uh, he is in fact a burnish. And the fucking freeze force literally surround the place. They have a full military-grade army ready to arrest one guy who is not breaking any laws or crimes. He is just there making pizza, but he also is, in fact, a burnish, which that is illegal in their eyes, and they need to be incarcerated and imprisoned, and they threatened to arrest the owner of the establishment as well for knowingly harboring a burnish, which... Yeah, um, let's go off the fact that... Okay, okay, can, okay, can we finally just make the parallel now? Jet, now you may say it! Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah yes, okay, yes, Freeze Force is basically just ice. Freeze Force? Nobody move a muscle! If you do, I'll consider you a burnish. Hey! What the hell do you think you're doing? Oh, it's you again. Shut up and watch. You there! Don't move! Hey! Uh, stay away! Uh. Is the guy as a burnish? Wait, what are you doing? 
He's not a criminal. All he's trying to do is make some pizza. Did you know what he was? Uh, uh, boss. Uh, it's okay. It's not. Look, kid, all you're guilty of is wanting to make the best pizza in town. Oh, man. You're under arrest, too. Cordon off this restaurant. Back off. That Burnish is innocent. And why are you dragging Pops into this? He was sheltering a Burnish fugitive. In the eyes of the law, anyone caught harboring a Burnish is considered as guilty as the Burnish. You should study the law before running around like you're some kind of hero. Just wait a minute! It's true that harboring a Burnish is a crime, but that's a special law that applies only to terrorists. This guy is not a terrorist! That's for a court to decide, not a little girl! This pizza was made by a burnish? Oh, disgusting! How could they? It's like they served us all garbage! Hey, knock it off! Gallo, huh? you need to calm down. It's not like we can tell people what to think. Even if it sucks. Where are you going? They are just ice. Yeah, um... I don't know if any of y'all out there have been following current events happening in some countries of the world. <coughs> but, um, yeah. We've got a problem. A big problem. And seeing it portrayed in such a way, be it intentional or not, though given Carol and Tuesday, it's probably going to be a lot more intentional going forward. Oh, Carol and Tuesday is absolutely intentional. This one you can feign accidental, but th there's a lot of actual coincidence, yeah. but it feels very, there, there are wow. definitely two approaches to talking about this whole thing. You have showing said asshole in power in Inuyashiki and the manga anyway, Dr. Stone, then there's actually showing the policies in place, like in Carol and Tuesday, and like here. Like, this is flat out, like, a dramatization, but they are showing this level of excessive force to capture a single innocent man who is not doing anything wrong, using this level of force, like, they are a terrorist, like the Mad Burnish are. And, like, literally, the, like, the firefighters are trying to stand up for him, and he's like, no, we, I am using my authority for the sake of justice. It's like, oh, oh, this is really political. Yeah. This is really going some places I was not expecting. Places I will fully admit kind of drops the ball on in the third act. More on that um, later. Yeah, more on that later. We'll get to that but later. I just wanted to acknowledge it and respect that. That's some dark stuff that's really some impressive territory i really did not think they wanted were able or going to tackle it, this is definitely done with the approach of watch with your heart not with your brain pretty much pretty much uh so yes meanwhile uh as it turns out leo fotia is one cunning bitch and <laughs> willingly breaks into the prison to break the burnish who are being incarcerated there to break them out and be refugees on the run from the law. And let's see. After that, there is this actually pretty cute scene with Gallo and Ina hanging out on this 
big patch of ice that just doesn't melt because he tried digging through for oh at some point in the past and it just never It'll stays be important melted later on it will be important later on anyways there's this really cute scene where they're both just hanging out and bantering on the ice and ice skating together it's very cute it's very sweet in any other se- er, series or movie this probably would have been the main couple I'm kind of 110 in believement now this whole scene is a bait and yep. switch yep. <laughs> <laughs> It's a fucking bait and switch. It's kind of hilarious. Like, I really did like Ina, and I wanted her to be more prominent. And I actually really did like the scene with her and Gallo, which I'm willing to admit, Gallo might be into her, maybe. Well, given the given the lighting of the movie, it's possible he's one of my people. He, I could totally see him being one of your people. He's got, he's got the energy for it. He's got the, he's got enough to love both. Uh, but anyways, uh, there's this cute scene where you presumably see he's maybe going to get with her. And it's like, he leads in, she trips, he catches her, he leads in closer. She's, she's blushing, but she just sort of like puckers her lips. It's like, okay, I guess this is happening now. And then he sees a flaming, flaming meteor. And then fucking drops her and then, like, fly, drives off. And that is about the most you will ever get out of that potential romance. Burnish flame. You call it in. I'm gonna go check it out. Jeez. Same old Gallo. That is basically yeah. that is the movie basically telling you this is not what we're focusing on at all. Remember, when Ima Ishii writes a straight couple, something goes wrong. I mean, oh man, you're oh god, right. oh god, you're right. You're you're. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh no, oh god. Fuck, yes, I know actually... you guys didn't write this movie. I'm just using I mean, him as I mean, an example. He did dire- I mean, he did direct. Let's let's so... face it. Look, you. The... Let's be honest. We're gonna make a lot of he. He is trigger and Imaishi make callbacks to their previous work. For God's sake, the big weapon that uh, Gallo uses is Matoy. Yeah, that's not even that's not even getting into what the name is. But we'll get to that later. We'll get into that later, and let's. The the only darling in the flank Frank's callback this movie has is probably that one cockpit ass shop uh, Ina has. That's all it needed. Hmm. Anyways, uh, Gallo is he is investigating the the crash. Like, what's going on here? And then he runs into the escaped burnish refugees alongside uh, Leo Fotia. Uh, one of the burnish, he, like they're, they're very wary of him, but he sees something wrong. Here's the, here's the thing about Gallo. Gallo is a boy who recognizes he wants to help people, but also recognizes racism's kind of fucked up because what he sees like ice force is trying to attack this one pizza guy. He's like, yo, 
He's not breaking any rules. He's not doing anything. What's wrong with you? Why are you giving him this much treatment like he's a terrorist? And he sees that these people are sick and don't mean harm. And he's like, he sees one of their people is basically on the verge of death. And he's like, hey, I have, I am a trained medical professional. I have like medical equipment in my bike. He's like, there's no need. And then Leo does the, um, he does the thing where he tries exchanging heat energy from his mouth directly to the, to this dying person to try and revive them. It does not work and they pass away and their body turns to ash. Which by the way, uh, I'm not going to lie. I knew something in this movie may or may not be of the homosexual persuasion persuasion so as soon as they introduce this little yeah. thing i'm like okay that's how it that's how they do it that's how they do it um anyways uh they move off they talk about we are the burnish we have a desire to burn the flame calls to us more on that later and yeah uh then they tie him up and his first experience with his relationship with uh leo fotia after the fact you realize both of them when they meet each other for the first time, somebody gets cuffed or tied up. No. Uh, there is one thing that's kind of integral going into the next section of the movie where uh, Gallo is revealed that there's some... How should I put it? Um, you know the song Angel of Death by Slayer? Uh, what about it? It was written about uh, a member of the Nazi party who famously butchered many in the concentration camps for experimentation. Ah. There's experimentation going on with the Burnish. And, um... Yeah, that's kind of uncomfortable, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got some human experimentation going on. Why can't you just stop starting fires? If you could hold back, wouldn't you be able to live a normal life? Then you wouldn't have to keep running! Do you honestly believe it's that simple? Huh? Yeah. Then you're an idiot. What? Do you even know what killed her? It was the Foresight Foundation's experiments. Huh? You really had no idea? How naive could someone be? It wasn't just her. They were all almost killed by Cray Foresight. He dissects us and kills us. All of it for his research. Even though we're humans too. That's a lie. The governor would never do something like that. If you want to keep ignoring the truth, that's your choice. Hey, wait. Hey. Hey! Come back! That's fucked. Yeah. This movie goes some dark places <laughs> that I really was not expecting, and I was kind of intrigued where they were going at. Anyways, more on that in a second. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, Gal, uh, Leo tells him Cray Foresight is the one doing this to them, and Gal is like, "What the fuck? That dude's my hero. He saved my life. Why would he do that? 
So Gallo being the sweet, innocent boy with a heart of gold, he confronts the dude. He's like, hey, what's this shit about human experimentation? Is that, please tell me that's not happening. He's like, come with me. Anyways, so our planet's fucked. Our planet's dying. There is physically no way to turn this planet back to the way it was. It's going to die and explode. Here's what we need to do. We need to do the colony arc. Very similar to Gurnlagon in that regard. <laughs> we need to take 10,000 or so people. We're going to take them to space. We're going to leave this fucking planet. Anybody who doesn't get on or doesn't get on, tough shit. They're going to die. Who cares? The survival needs of the many. Needs of the many outweigh okay, the needs I, of the few. I, I, okay, I, I mean, I, okay, I was going to say this is a very weird metaphor for global warming, but let's face it, this may very well be what happens when global warming becomes a real crisis in 30 years. Uh, yeah, what happens with global warming? Everything's on fucking fire. Cool. That's a very literal global warming. It's not global warming, but it's totally global. It's actually global warming. Anyways, so remember when we were talking human experimentation? Uh, the pizza guy, they use him for human experimentation because it turns out the power of the burnish can be harnessed to use for warp tech warp space technology and you have to force them to use their fire powers and force them to burn to make a warp portal and doing so burns them so bad that part of their body becomes fucking ash that's fucked up that's really messed up and dark i'm like actually like genuinely impressed and gallo's like Dude, fuck you. That's wrong. How could you do this? You're a hero. And as it turns out, the biggest not surprise in the world <laughs> is Cray Foresight is kind of an asshole. And by kind of an asshole, I mean he's very much an asshole. You could argue that he has some noble goals of trying to make this about saving humanity. But the legs he is going to try and save humanity are pretty. <laughs> okay, okay. Cool. I mean, yeah, I want to mention this. All the times he says, "I don't have the technology to save it." Uh, uh, uh. First rule you learn in movies: only a Sith speaks in absolutes. Yep, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yep. And also, yeah. I mean, like literally from the second this guy showed up on screen, I figured he was going to be villain. If only about it first with the fact that he was voiced by Christopher Freeman and he just looked too perfect. So it was like, <laughs> he's, he's basically, he's basically anybody who writes an evil all might alternate universe fanfic. You are writing Cray Foresight. It's also blonde as well, which leads to more political illusions. I may or may not get to. <laughs> I, oh my God. I actually did it. Oh mama. Okay. I can take it one of two ways. <laughs> There's a lot of ways to go with this, but mm. Wow, okay. Anyways, uh, Gallo gets uh, thrown in jail wrongfully, and the news is spread that, okay, this dude tried attacking the governor and was thrown in jail. But Ida's like, that's not Gallo at all. He's a good boy. He tried to kiss me and then dropped me, but hey, he's a good boy. Um, Ida really respects her sister a lot, and her sister is a big scientist on this project. So she confronts her and is like, sis, please tell me... 
he did do that, please tell me you're not doing shady, very immoral, sciencey shit, please. And she's like, Ina, I love you, and I will do anything to protect you. <laughs> oh. uh, if you get a call, you pick up that call, and you come with me. Because she basically, like, she's doing all this to guarantee that her and her sister survive the end of the world. Which, I'm going to say, this is a long movie, but I feel like we really needed at least, like, a flashback scene of Ellis trying to be protective of her Mm. sister. Like, maybe they lost their parents in a fire or something, and she's holding her baby sister. Like, you you didn't need a big thing, but I feel like you needed a little something to justify that. Which I will say, Ellis has a bigger play in this movie than I was expecting, and Erica Lindbeck does a great job. (laughs) There's one other thing that happens with uh, the Ice Force. There's a raid. Oh. Uh, Yeah, it's a a raid. It's an ice raid. It is is an actual ice raid. That's... That that that's kind of fucked in a lot of ways. Yes. Like, uh, uh, yeah, it's just like they only find a location because one of the other bird is sold about. One of them gets narked. They gets narked on because they promise they they'll go easy on him and let him live. Which that's the thing. They would sell out their own kind to save their own. They skin. do it's sell like, out their own kind. That's fucked. That's a thing that happens. That's a real thing. It's like oh my god. That's oh. And that's a that's a rough scene because they basically like boss, you need to live, and also their boss uh, Leo, they're willing to sacrifice Leo themselves so Leo can get away, and Leo is also hit with a absolute zero bullet, and that bullet basically will never stop freezing because it basically transmit your body heat into the cold energy and keeps freezing you over and over and over again. So no matter how many times you you melt it, it will always freeze up. And that's fucking cool. That's... Oh my god, I just realized I said that's fucking cool. <laughs> Shit. Okay, that's not cool. That's ice cold. Anyways, um, so he gets hit with this bullet and he gets thrown in a fucking volcano. But even in the volcano, he still keeps freezing and freezing and freezing. And they're like, he'll die eventually. But we got everybody else. Because they use all of the captured burnish as fuel for their warp drive. That's a lot of screaming people for your engine to save humanity. Yeah, they're all screaming and burning alive. Like, they're not going to die. But it's like, it's burning them alive. That's... That's metal and terrible and oh my god, there's some there is some ethical things that this movie raises in the first and second half. Mm-hmm. And it kinda drops once we get some more uh, again, stuff in there. Heart not brain. Heart not brain, which it's unfortunate because I actually genuinely was liking the direction they went with it. It's just I feel like they they put themselves in a really interesting, unique situation that they kind of did not know what to do with now that they were there. They were given the football. They didn't know what to do when they ran with it. So then they just kind of defaulted back to a lot of the things that they're safe and familiar with, which I love the way they did those in the movie and their fucking amazing scenes that I was getting really hyped into. I just find it kind of disappointing that 
they had something and they sort of dropped the darker stuff in this plot line. I feel it's sort of at odds of itself tonally about being the wild, crazy trigger action fest movie and also being the darker, more political yeah. element of the movie. I would argue it was made to be an action movie first, everything else second. I agree. I just feel like I liked that they actually took the it, a much more interesting, risky route than they have in the past. I just feel like I would have liked them to try and commit to it a little bit more. Yeah. like Or at least commit, commit to it the full way through. That being said... I do like some of the dumb action stuff that happens, though. So, anyways, um, Gallo's still in jail. He's, uh, Ida's still trying to find him. Uh, they're preparing their preparations to try and leave because they almost have the warp drive and the arc ready to go. And then, <laughs> in my honest-to-God fucking opinion... The coolest scene in this fucking movie. Because we've already established what the absolute zero bullet does. It never stops freezing you. It never stops freezing you even if you burn it. Through sheer anger, rage, hatred, and vitriol... Leo Fotia explodes. There's something I kind of want to say about the dumb in that respect. Like, I mean, like, okay, we've already established before that Leo is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch. So weirdly for Johnny Young Bosch, for Johnny Young Bosch, where Leo sounds like very reserved for like the first two thirds of the movie. I mean, I mean, like, it's not like super soy, but it is like definitely a lot quieter than you would expect Johnny Young Bosch to be. As soon as that scene happens, he just goes full on ham. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> he goes full on like shonen scream explosion and it <laughs> is look Johnny Young Bosch is a great wonderful actor but I feel like sometimes we kind of take for granted how good he is just because he's been around so long it's like okay what can you say Johnny Young Bosch is a really good actor yes we know that but hearing him scream and explode like that while, like, the fucking one of the best insert songs in this movie goes Ooh. and the sheer explosion impacts are so fucking good. I think one of the explosion clouds is actually Leo's face for a and friend. what does Leo explode and turn into? A giant fucking dragon! A giant dragon crying out in agony, rage, and pain. Mad Burnish, I'm the one you want! Bastard! You again, Galo Timos! 
I understand your anger. I was betrayed by Kray too. What? But even still, I can't just sit back and let you take it out on a bunch of innocent people. Yeah, right. You're the ones doing human experiments on innocent burnish! Didn't you tell me you took pride in not killing people without a reason? <clears throat> And also, uh, Gallo's still in prison, but the explosion is so powerful that he's basically trailing an entire flame that engulfs the entire city. But Gallo is freed from his prison because it breaks the building. But he also recognizes, why does it look like he's crying? And then he literally, mm -hmm. he is running because his squad is trying to put out the fires. He is so cool that he is on fire, that he is running towards his squad on fire, keeping up with the fucking fire truck. It's like, hey boss, get me a suit. I'm going to stop that thing. I think I know who that is. I can stop him. Carlo. Captain Ignis, Captain, you got to listen. Fire. Big one! It's moving! You mean like the one in your ass? Wait up, guys! I'm coming too! Weren't you in jail? Don't worry about that later! Right. Putting out that fire is our first priority. Same as always! Did you escape or something? Yeah. I am Galo Timos, a firefighter with a burning soul. This is right where I belong. And they literally like put him out on, they literally work out putting him out on fire, put him in like ecto goo to cool him off. And it's great. And it's amazing. And he gets, he gets launched in his cool mech suit with uh, uh, Lucia, who is played by uh, Kari Walgren and Mayumi Shintani, as she tends to do in their works. Um, yeah, so they launch him into the into the cool mech thing as they're trying to put out the city as he goes after uh, Leo, who is... Oh, God. Oh. I, I'm sorry, I need to talk about Kakase again. That song is so good that when I heard it, like, I hear it starts clapping into it, and then you hear the drums, and then you hear the guitar, and you hear the song, and it's so fucking cool and he looks so angry and cool when he's like inside of the dragon and he's going after Kray and it's oh my god that's so cool it's so cool look I know I was complaining about the problem with the, the tone of this movie seeming a little darker at odds with the cool with the cool fun stuff it's not like I don't love the cool fun stuff I love Imaishi. I love Gurren Lagan. I love Kill a Kill this man makes my heart sore I just wish the tone was a little more consistently placed together and committal, but who the fuck am I kidding? Fire Dragon! Fire Dragon! Anger Boy! Power Twink! Attacking Evil All Might! And then his his robot boyfriend comes snaps him out of it. And then uh, Ina traps the both of them inside of her uh, mecha plane and is like, you two settle it out. Be before like that, old... before that, before that, we see something from Cray, which... Oh, yes, yes, yes. There's a little bit of a tease as to what he's re he really is. He has a he has a shining he has a Gundam wing he has gun uh Gundam wing powers showing where he has a shiny finger building up, <laughs> but then G Gundam uh, not Gundam wing yeah yes yes you're right he has the shiny finger yeah, G thing Gundam is for on. wrestling Gundam wing is suicide. <laughs> That's a statement. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, uh, his his angry boyfriend 
uh, Gallo goes to stop his angry boyfriend and shoots it and like literally pulls him out of the fire dragon and then puts themselves in uh, the ma- the marriage counseling robot bird. So they fight it out for a couple of minutes until Ina's like, okay, you two are going to keep fighting. I'm going to drop you somewhere to cool off. So they put them in the giant ice thing that doesn't melt. And then it melted because Leo is just that fucking hot. He is the hottest shit that's ever been. And then we get to the really, really, really trigger part of this movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, this is actually the most trigger part of the movie. Hopefully we come back to this later. Okay, so anyways, uh, they find a hidden lab with the dead, with the AI supercomputer of a activist and scientist when this burning, the burnish first showed up like 30 or so years ago. And he knows exactly who Leo, Gallo, and Ina are. And it's like, yeah, no, I just hack into the computer and I know what, what <laughs> shit's going down. And it's like, okay, cool. Sure, why not? I guess that saves us. Anyways, uh, turns out, uh, it turns out that Cray was working under him and stole all of his technological uh, research and shoots him and leaves him for dead. Yeah. So... In case you needed more convincing that Cray Foresight is a huge fucking asshole. Yep. He's a huge fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. But then we explain a little more. Hey, what's ha- what's the deal with the the Burnish? What's their deal? How did they get their powers? What's going on? Allow me. Allow me. <clears throat> to answer that, we need to talk about parallel universes. So, Wait, what, what, what happened? To clarify, <laughs> what, so, the fire people, the fire, the people that can control fire, they are connecting with sentient fire beings from a parallel universe that is connecting through specific people's bodies as receptacles. And they are the reason they feel a need to burn is because the sentient fire beings are communicating with them, wishing to communicate with the desire that they wish to burn, and that's a thing that they, that's how they communicate. And the reason the planet's fucked is because the action of all that internal parallel universe fire core shit is go- oh my god <laughs> I actually started laughing I'm like okay we're actually doing I mean, this okay I mean okay I didn't even trigger realize how stupid this is so Galileo just like actively sleeps through the entire thing no here's the thing I I I completely realized and believed they knew exactly that this was kind of a stupid way to do this. Because literally Gallo is just like, oh, okay. wait, I, I think that? I can sum up the whole, this whole thing very succinctly. <clears throat> we know that uh, Cray is using the Burnus to power the spaceship to go up into space and to open up a wormhole to take them to another dimension, another planet. Here's the problem. Spaceship go up, planet go boom. Yeah, if you use all that concentrated... If you use all of the alien pro... Oh, yeah, they're, they're called Premier, by the way. Title of the movie, duh. Anyways, <laughs> um, all the Premier... If you use all of their power simultaneously at once, that shit fucks with space-time and the planet, and everything explode. Everything. 
explode if you do this shit. So they need to stop him from using this warp gate so that the planet reality doesn't fuck off and explode into fiery alien fire. So how best to try and defeat Cray Foresight and his uh, warp reality thing that will destroy reality? Why a giant fucking robot called <laughs> and we, we we are definitely not joking when we say this Galotimos Leofotia I want you to stop Cray Foresight Wait us? Yes using the complete Promotech engine that I have built But how? With this A super weapon I have created in the event of Promare disaster Deus Ex Machina! The Deus Ex Machina. The actual <laughs> name of the robot is the Deus Ex Machina. We cracked up so hard with that. Okay, okay, so there are two things two things important to note about that scene. One indie dub, the guy... Uh, one indie dub, the scientist guy, was voiced by Mike Pollock. So the way he read that line as, like, hysterical, just imagining Dr. Eggman saying, do sex machina, like, the line read was amazing. Second, okay, okay, secondly, when he oh, did God, the line read, like, literally everyone in the theater started clapping. Yeah, because it was just like, okay, that's... It, it wraps around... Here's what happens in this scene. It goes from being, that's pretty stupid... That's really stupid. That's hysterically stupid to that's so stupid it warped back around to being amazing and I'm fucking in love again. Like, it, it, it does the full cycle of actually being too stupid to being so stupid it's kind of amazing. That's where it goes. It does that in the span of this entire scene. <laughs> So, as, a, as we are now in full-on, actually, Gurren Lagann territory, and they have essentially... Okay, so, here's here's a thing. They go attack the, the spaceship. Uh, Ina's trying to get her sister. Uh, they're still trying to put the city out. The Deus Ex Machina, which, by the way, uh, Leo is... Leo's the top. He is literally... In the top of the mech, he is powering the mech with, like, fire energy and all that jazz. So, before you ask, which uh, which of these two is the top? Gallo is actually too stupid to top. He's too stupid to top. Okay. Leo's, yeah, uh, yeah. Leo Dobbs. Let's face it, it. Like, midway through this fight scene, like, Gallo, Gallo is like, you know what? The name of this mech is kind of stupid. Let's change it. <laughs> he's, he's literally like this I can't I can't get off to this here's what we're gonna do we're gonna call this thing the Leo de Gallo and he's like Leo de Gallo it's like yeah I figured it I, it would be fair that you would be on top I mean going first in the name I mean <laughs> so Gallo 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 knows his place Gallo knows his place he he knows Leo's Leo's the one that tops he respects that good that yeah. he knows so the Leo de Gallo Faces off to try well, and fight. I, I mean, in that regard, um, Gala would be the bottom, but is capable of receiving an enormous amount of power. 
Hint, hint. I'd be a top, that's for sure. Maybe. Can a twink be a top, or is that reserved for bears? I'm sure there's a great deal of switching back and forth, but I think more often than not, bears are tops, uh, unless they happen to be power bottoms. What's a power bottom? A power bottom is a bottom that is capable of receiving an enormous amount of power. Actually, Mac, you got it backwards. You see, a power bottom's actually generating all the power by doing most of the work. Does the power have to do with the size or the strength of the bottom? Now, Dennis, I've heard that speed has something to do with it. Speed has everything to do with it. You see, the speed of the bottom informs the top how much pressure he's supposed to apply. Speed's the name of the game. Right, buddy? Okay, also, uh, this is going a little bit ahead. Uh, Gallo's whole thing is literally like, why Why are we losing? It's literally just because Gallo is... Gallo is being a bratty sub, actually. <laughs> it's like, he is actually being a bratty bottom. That hurt! What the hell are you doing? You're supposed to be piloting this thing! Man, I'm sorry. For some reason, I just can't get in the zone. What are you talking about? This suit, it, it just... I mean, look how lame the design is. I can't get my firefighter soul to burn in this thing. This is the crap I get after you insist I come out here? Well, we can't sit here. How about this? Yeah, good call. That's what I'm talking about. This is my jam! That's actually what's happening. It's like... <laughs> I can't get into it. The mech's not cool enough. I, I need a cool weapon. I, I need that. And Leo's like, fine, if I get you a cool toy, then are you willing to keep going? He's like, uh-huh, fine. Here's a, here's a cool fire sword. He's like, thanks, babe. And then they and then they continue the cool fight. Anyways, <laughs> like I joke, that's actually what happens, Alex. Yeah, like, I know. Saw... I, I I was there. I saw it. Yeah, I was just gonna say it's a very long fight, but like the I would say like the most important takeaways are like the are the attack names that Cray Fort uses. If only because they reveal that he actually had the technology to save the planet, but he just didn't really feel like using it. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay, yes. If, if you want to go back to politics, the political stuff in there, he has the power. He just doesn't want to because fuck this planet. Let's go to space. Yeah, essentially, it all boils down to, well, we're all going to die anyway. Might as well speed it up. Also, Asshole. it's literally the genocide annihilation beat is one of his... Okay, here's the thing. He's also making fun of Gallo for making all these dumb, stupid names. He even names Hit Craze Robot as the Crazer X. He's like, stop it with your stupid fucking attack names. And it's like, here's my genocide beam. It's like, really? Really? The genocide beam? Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, we were going to use this beam to terraform the planet. No, I, didn't think, no, I, didn't, I didn't even think it was genocide beam. It was, it was genocide something useful. I don't remember what it was. Genocide. One of the attacks actually had the word genocide in it, where it's like, okay, okay, you're on the nose here. But yeah, no, they're fighting this whole thing. It turns out, yes, he does have the power and technology to actually, actually save the planet. He just doesn't want to. Oh, there, there's one other thing I want to make mention when, um, <clears throat> when uh, Ina calls her sister and shows her the footage of. Uh, Cray shooting his his uh, former comrade. Wouldn't you know it? Cray's response to that. Come on, man, that's some old bullshit. They basically said it could be, it's fake footage, and you can doctor and fake that shit all the time. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, that's the, the excuse that they was used. It basically it's like 
shows her sister that, basically being like, please stop the generator. And then it's like, she keeps it going for a little while. And then it actually turns out her master plan was, let's overload the core and make it explode so this can't do the thing. <laughs> so then it's like, yeah, fuck you. You're kind of an asshole. I agreed because you said you saved my sister. I did not sign up for this hardcore, like, genocide bullshit. I ain't putting up with that. So then she tries running away, and then he calls Ice to try and capture her. <laughs> Sorry, freeze. Look, they're actually Ice. Yeah. They're one in the same. Uh, so then, like, the f- they try capturing her. She jumps off. And then she lands on Ida's plane, and then the fucking, like, support squad comes in, and then they start fighting. And I love, I love Fire Axe Cop Steve Bloom Dad facing off against uh, Neil Kaplan, Kaplan, and it's great. And they're literally, literally butting their heads, and it's amazing. They're smashing their heads against each other. It's awesome. And then they break his mech at some point, and he's just a very tiny dwarf man. Yeah. Yeah, he's very tiny girlfriend, and he gets on fire a couple of times. <laughs> which, also, uh, a couple of things I want to say right now, just because some of the ensemble cast gets a couple of scenes. Like, a couple of guys from his fire company, they don't really matter. They do some things. Ina gets to do the most mileage. The axe cop is fun, and Lucia is basically the crazy mech girl with a tiny little mouse with a hat. Yeah, I would say the only one that is really just kind of there is the glasses guy. Like, he's just there. The glasses guy and the black guy, you honestly could probably make the same character. You could make them the same character and you would actually lose nothing. Which is disappointing. Also, we talked about Melissa Fawn being in this cast. Cray has a secretary. She really does Uh, not matter. (laughs) Yeah, not really, yeah. Like, I like I say the biggest, another thing is, this is a fun ensemble, but most of them really don't get to do enough. Like, there's a, there's some that get to do some things. Some get more time than others, but there are just a couple of them where it's just like, you actually could have been written out of this movie, and we would lose nothing. I mean, yeah, like, okay, like, this isn't a criticism of- this isn't like a criticism of the film or anything, but it does very much feel like it could have been a 13-episode anime series, but they had to condense some stuff to make it into a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I understand... Here's the thing. I also still am glad... am glad that they did not make this a TV show because this movie is drop-dead fucking gorgeous, and this could literally not have been done on a TV budget. It could not have been done on a TV project. This is actually, actually drop-dead gorgeous, hype levels maximum, literally dynamic camera action shit for days, and it's amazing. Uh, anyways, um, at some point, the mechs break, uh, and then it just becomes a battle of fisticuffs and flames. Mm-hmm. And at some point... Um, it comes out that, yeah, Cray Foresight is a birdish. Yep. He's got fire powers. And he uses them to try and attack and burn Gallo. 
So yeah, and uh, also through that fight, he reveals that he uh, kind of saved Gallo by accident, and he's been trying to get him killed this whole time. Yeah. Okay, 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 let's go into that. So he, here's the thing. The fire that ruined his life was accidental. That was accidental. He did not mean to do that. But then through pure happenstance, he say, quote-unquote saves the kid. He gets recognized as a hero, but he recognizes... Cray is somebody who his plans are ironclad, and Gallo is too much of an anomaly to keep track of. So he decided, I want this kid out of my hair. I want him in the most dangerous, most casualty-ridden profession to get rid of him fast. And he just would not die. Good grief. From the very moment we met, I've hated the sight of you. So, you're saying that you didn't save me? No, it was a complete accident. But it was a good opportunity to build my reputation. No way. I had you placed in Burning Rescue because it was the job with the highest mortality rate. I wanted to be rid of you, but you kept surviving, and you kept coming back! My life has always gone according to plan, except when it comes to you! You're not just an idiot, you're a cancer! You were... my hero. But this is the end for you! Go! The power of shonen burning spirit kept him alive. And a thorn in the side the entire time, and it's great. But yes, at some point, uh, Gallo is basically being thrown a lot of fucking fire from uh, Cray, who is now looking as about as evil as you can get at this point. Like, full-on demented shit. So he's burning him, and there's this really cool scene where he's just walking through the flames like it doesn't even matter. I thought... This movie was going to do something that was actually going to piss me off. And it was like, oh no, Gallo's actually a burnish. Like, ugh. I would have thought that was cool, but I would have been like, ugh, really? Fuck you? Come on. That's kind of cop out. But no, uh, Leo's flames have been protecting Gallo's life. They've literally been surrounding him mm -hmm. and keeping him safe. Leo's flames give him light. Uh, uses the powers of the flames to kick... Cray's ass and he's like I'm gonna use this power to save everybody I'm gonna use it to save my friends I'm gonna save my the burnish and I'm gonna save you you fucking asshole and he headbutts him and punches him and he's like shut up and watch so um at this point, oh wait there's something I forgot where about where's Leo been this whole time yes thank you for reminding me what has Leo been up yeah, to uh, yeah at some point in this fight uh, Leo gets taken out of the equation and gets captured I guess captured and meant to be used as the core of the ship because Ellis uh, she short circuits it so it's unusable but basically makes the catalyst of the new core Leo so he's taking all of this energy and probably burning his entire body alive and it hurts and he's nearly on death's door so Gallo saves his life and takes him out of the core he still has some of uh, Leo's protective uh, fire energy inside of him and he has seen already that mouth-to-mouth -mouth transferring of flames can, in theory, work to revive a burnish and bring them back to life. Alexander, 
Yes. What happens next? Okay, so what happens is Gallo takes the flame in his hand, puts it in his mouth, leans down, and proceeds with mouth-to-mouth resuscitation on Leo, which lasts uh, 10, maybe 15 seconds, and the shot... That is... It that is lingers. Like, it lingers and is like a good... 15 to 20 seconds long of just uh, (laughs) Gallo kissing Leo. They lay on pretty thick because there is a line where it mentions, Did you just save me? What have I done? For the first time in my whole life, I lit a fire because of you. This is all your fault. How are you going to fix this, you jerk? Yeah. Oh, I, I actually missed that because I was laughing that whole time. It's that. Oh okay, my yeah, god, that's the only way this could have been more blatant is that they just had a saxophone playing in the background. Uh, <laughs> no, it could have been. It couldn't have been more blatant if you added tongue. But, Jet, there was something you said to me at some point when you first saw this movie. What was the thing that you said? What was the bold, bold thing you said? Crowbear does what free don't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They committed. They went for it. They did the CPR thing. They kissed. They did. Okay, they did CPR. <laughs> it was a it was a bro kiss, you know? The thing you do with your pals, your buddies, your amigos. This you look at you look at their dick sometimes and you're like, "Oh, I'm still not gay." <laughs> that, that's what you do with your buddies. But, um... Anyways, look, they, they held that shot. They brought Leo back to life, but it's like, yeah, no. That's a, that's a smooch. That's a yeah. smooch. I, I was laughing, but I was like, oh my god, we're actually going for this. Holy shit. And uh, I can also say from my friend uh, Megan, who was in, in there... Every girl in her theater lost their shit when that happened. Nobody in my theater did, except for me and the two women sitting next to me. We were the only ones uh, geeking out over it. You were holding the uh, fort, my friend. Yeah, Yeah. I'm happy to report no one in my theater complained, which is very nice. (laughs) Nobody complained. Apparently some people do complain, but it's like if you're there complaining, it's like, really? Get out. Who cares? But, like, I'm just amazed they went through with it because... That's hilarious. That's amazing. That's delicious. That, I'm honest to God blown away that they got away with that and they committed to it and that they had the balls to do it. I'm impressed. Like, look, everyone likes likes to joke, like, there's a lot of people, there are some people who still think Japan is this, like, crazy alt-right paradise land where there is not a single social justice in the world. That's bullshit. There's progressive people out there. There are people who are pushing for this stuff. There are movements that are in support for this stuff. There are video game creators who talk about LGP people are really nice. And then sometimes there are just prolific, crazy action directors who just make the call of, you know what? Let's make our two male leads just kiss and hold (laughs) on it for 15 to 20 seconds. Because fuck it. Uh, allow me to quote uh, a very good take from uh, A&N's Nick Creamer. 
I do appreciate that as the regressive end of anime fandom huddles ever more tightly around absurd ideas like, there are no SJWs in Japan, we've got Shinichiro Watanabe out here saying, fuck Trump specifically, and Hiroyuki Imaishi saying the gays will punch global warming. The gays Beautiful. will punch global Absolute warming is the beautiful. best, best synopsis of this fucking movie. The gays will punch global warming, which, can you talk about, like, that's really cool that, like, one of the biggest anime action films since, like, My Hero and Dragon Ball Super in the United States is a movie where just the male, they two leads literally are just showed, like, locking lips for 15 to 20 seconds. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> that's neat. To all of you, like, bi, gay, LGBT people who were, like, were really, like, inspired and amazed that they pulled that off. I'm happy for you guys. That's cool. I'm glad. That's awesome. All right, we still have a movie to talk about. Anyways, um, after they were uh, finished uh, exchanging their saliva, <laughs> um, what happens next? Actually, what does happen next? I actually kind of forget this part. Uh, oh, yeah, um... They actually become Gurren Lagann. A planet-sized mech to save the planet. Called Gallo de Leo. They become a planet-sized mech and decide to use the power of the burnish with Leo at the center of it to basically decided, let us use all of this core energy and send all of it back to the other universe, the other parallel world, and let us use that with the power of a giant planet-sized Gurren mech as the fucking cool-ass Inferno main theme plays, and it's fucking hype, and by this point, I'm like, I cannot believe this is actually just Gurren Lagann, and I'm just clapping and clapping and cheering and hype, I'm like, yes, this is stupid, I love this, this is what I wanted, Ibaishi, thank you! <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one way to put it. And then, you see Leo's triangle sentient flames drifting away from his body, in this actually really gorgeous looking shot where it just sort of trickles away from him as he just sort of looks away as it flows into the other world as it goes uh 2001 a space odyssey on us and then we return to the present day the devastation is done the burnish are no longer connected to the alien sentient fire they have literally burned out they have burned out by burning an entire planet they're like We've had our fill. We're ready to go home. And then the d the day is saved. Yeah, uh, and it's also worth noting that towards the end of that fight, uh, the name of the mech gets switched around again to Gallo de Leo, which, I mean, it, not saying it's basically the girl. <laughs> Leo decided he was cool. Leo decided, you know what? I underestimated you. You are good enough to top. Yep, so uh, it gets called the Galilee the Leo, which is, yep, uh, basically just Gurren Lagann. Like, as close to, like, as close to Gurren Lagann without actually it's saying It's literally Gurren Lagann! It's straight up, he made an, he made an X-Men fire mutant movie about racism and, like, modern day politic bullshit, and also decided to just make Gurren Lagann again as a gorgeously animated theatrical feature film that's kind of dumb and very gay, or at the very least bisexual. 
Also, Gallo died, maybe? We don't see him, and then it turns out, oh, wait, no, he's fine. Yeah, so I guess that was the email you see that's making fun of the endings where, like, one of the characters dies. Because that happened twice. <laughs> and it's like, oh. Because they show, they show Cray and they show Leo in the shot. It's like, what happens next? They all went home. And, it, and then you hear Gallo. It's like, woohoo! That was the coolest fire. Yeah. That was great. That was awesome. That lit my fire, my firefighter soul ablaze. Also, everybody in this whole movie has basically been calling him an idiot. Like, the entire time. And, like, Leo says by the end, hey, look, we got to rebuild together. We're going to do this together. You got that? He's like, you really are an idiot. Yeah, I'm the world's number one idiot. (laughs) And then they fist bump. And then everybody works on and the day is saved. And that's that's a cool movie. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was a very fun movie. I mean, obviously not a perfect movie, but it was definitely a lot of fun. I would also say it's probably one of the best popcorn anime movies I've seen since Redline. It's very accustomed to Redline in one way, where there is plot that they don't really do the best with sticking the landing, but at some point it's just like, okay, this is literally just so fucking cool (laughs) action-packed adrenaline bullshit that at some point you just kind of stop caring and you have a good time. Also, I'd like the, to, the record to show, Alex had the fucking notes about this. I did most of the lead on this from memory, so, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, let me just say this about the film's art style. Very soft-shaded, not a whole lot of outlines, and again, specific colors are getting the preferential treatment, which, uh, it might mean something to some of the characters. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of very, very specific like yeah, lighting. Like, go, and go watch Kyle Colgren's video on by lighting. It'll it'll open your eyes a little bit. Hmm. But yeah, no, this is a very this is a crazy passion project that they put a lot of effort into making this as good uh, look as good and like be as cool as it can be. Which I will say. I like what they did with it. I will admit, I did like them doing the darker, more intricate stuff. Though, I think as my friend put it, it kind of does become a countdown to, to to space time is an actual thing for Trigger and Imaishi is Okay, how long till this shit goes to space? <laughs> Which, yes, we do technically go to space by the end. Yeah. So, uh... Oof. How about that? All right. Anybody got some other thoughts about their experience? Duelist, please chime in. I, is it bad that I kind of got just wrapped up in listening to you guys talk about everything? No, and not at all. I just... Not really? I'm just glad you enjoyed it, but I, I feel a little bad sometimes. It's just like... I'm, I'm not sure that I have anything to kick in that hasn't been talked about. <laughs> Repetition doesn't matter. Just uh, say your thoughts or your film experience. Like... <sighs> Yeah. I mean, I dragged two friends to it, and we had a pretty good time frickin' watching the thing. Uh, uh, I will I will share that I did have a, a crack theory at one point during the movie, mostly because of some something somebody offhandedly said to me on Twitter about that the movie was gonna, like, blow my mind or something. Like, I... <laughs> 
at one point I'm like, are are they really gonna do something as absurd as like set up the whatever events that uh eventually led to the world setting of Gurren Logan? Because that would have been pretty ridiculous, but I also wouldn't have put it past them. I thought that was absurd when you told me, but honestly, it's kind of like, yeah, there's a lot of connectivity between their past work, so mm -hmm. it's not out of the question. I just figured probably not. Trigger can make some pretty damn cool stuff sometimes. I mean, Kill Not Kill is awesome. Gridman is wickedly nuts. Darling in the Franks... And Pro Mare is fucking yeah. cool. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I would say on the grand list of trigger works, this would probably sit at number three or four for me. Like, okay, okay, okay but mostly I'm not sure where it says between where it says for me in that's a little with academia. I mean, like Grid, like Grid Man and Kill a Kill are like one and two respectively for me. I I. I think I think Promare is better than the Little Witch Academia TV series. I I think yeah, Gridman and Kill a Kill are definitely like up there for sure. I think Kill a Kill's like I like the characters and the world a little bit more in Kill a Kill, and Gridman's just a really compelling like character Tokusatsu thing. But Promare is just a really delightfully fun, delicious return to like some of Imaishi's best qualities. I thought it, I do admire the ambition of doing something a little bit more. I just think at some point they kind of wrote themselves into a corner and were like, uh, "Can I do the robots again?" Okay, cool, <laughs> robot time. Robots. I, I mean, this is a better way to write yourself out of a corner than say, Sao Ordinal Scale, with the ghost of Yuki. I don't even remember. I've never, I've never actually seen Ordinal Scale. I, I should. So it was I can... stupid. Okay. Anyways, but yeah, I just. Oh god, I, I love mo going to an anime movie that has a good audience that makes me feel alive watching it. Like, I got that experience from My Hero Two Heroes. I got that experience from Dragon Ball Broly. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was gonna say like the very surreal thing of going to see this in the movies. Andrew was definitely the loudest guy in the theater. <laughs> I was the loudest guy in the theater just because at some point I realized this is, this is, here's the thing. Look, I know it's, I'm not even the guy who's like, man, Trigger is the savior of anime. I have criticisms of the things they do. I'm not even going to be that guy to be like, oh, Darling in the Franks was all A1 pictures. That's not true. Some of that was Trigger. Some of that was Trigger people making those writing decisions too. And it was still stupid and bad. I was kind of disappointed with the anime of Little Witch Academia. I admit that. I don't think everything they've done is perfect. I think Ninja Slayer is fun, but it's the joke of Inferno Cop that goes on a bit too long and kind of loses the luster of it. There are things of theirs that have disappointed me and I think aren't that great. And I will admit it does kind of at times seem like they do take some ideas that are kind of not like copywriting, but they, they take some ideas that are going around the lexicon and might be putting a spin on them that's a little too similar sometimes. Like Fire Force, there's 
it's not all Fire Force. It really is its own thing. But the intro and discussion, the beginning of this is very much like, okay, you might have seen Okubo talk about the first chapter. You might have, you might have taken some influence. Yeah, I did mean to ask Alex, did they subtitle it? as spontaneous human combustion because that's what they say in the dub and i was um, just like uh well yeah i honestly can't remember so that that that's mostly to do with uh, the subtitles being cut off a little bit because uh fathom events kind of screwed up the thursday screenings look this is my this is this is my way of trying to say to you podcast listener i am not in the trigger fanboy category but i'm also not in the fuck trigger they're overrated pieces of shit garbage because honestly controversial opinions are just kind of boring and anybody tells me i don't think trigger is that great it's like i that's your opinion you're entitled to it i just let's stop pretending it's a controversial opinion because there's plenty of people who don't like trigger or think they're overrated there's also plenty of people who really do like Trigger and are Trigger fanboys. I have some problems with some of their work, but I'm also kind of impressed at some of the things that they can do and are capable of doing. And when they really do nail it out of the park, they do good. And I will admit, I am, I don't consider myself a Trigger fanboy. I am a fucking fanboy of, Hir- of Hiroyuki Imaishi because anytime this man has made things... I have loved it. Gurren Lagann was the show that got me back into anime. It's a special show to me. Kill a Kill was a fucking amazing show. It is literally the single reason why people say Trigger Saved Anime is because Kill a Kill blew everybody's fucking mind. Space Patrol Lulico is a delicious, wonderful tribute to their past work. And just fucking... I don't think he made anything else up to say. And Promare is just... It is an ambitious passion project that kind of fumbles a little bit with some of its ideas, but the things it does are so cool. The music is amazing. The animation and art style are spectacular. It, this is one of the most fun, wild movie experiences I've had. The dub of it is very, very good. It's a union dub by NYAV Post. Um, not everybody really gets a lot to do, but the people that do get to do things... Uh, Billy Kometz... Johnny Young Bosch and Crispin Freeman especially are all fucking amazing with notable uh, mentions of the likes of uh, Steve Bloom, Erica Lindbeck, uh, Allison Lay, Reinfeld, um, Kari Walgren, a lot of other people in the ensemble cat. Matt Mercer and Yuri Lowenthal using his Sasuke Uchiha voice. That guy really does not get to do that much compared to Mercer. Mercer looks cool. I wish this movie did more with its ensemble cast, but I acknowledge it's yeah, too movie. Quite honestly, that's one of my... If I had main complaints about the film is, yeah, they're just kind of there. They're just kind of there, which is fair. And I would take more about a lot of them. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I will say it is kind of annoying that a lot of those characters are just kind of there for how much they hyped up the cast. Like, I mean, like, it is the... Like, it is a little disappointing you got someone like Gary Lowenthal and they were just kind of, like, there in the background for most of the time. Like, yeah. yeah. But that being said, the dub does still sound exceptional. Mm. Anybody who was afraid this was going to be a new Ava dub situation, it is not at all. It sounds I perfect in know. English. 
what that necessarily means, and it sounds stupid. But okay, okay, look, when we when we were discussing, it was came back that Trigger had a hand in the dub, and we're casting it. And it but basically, people were thinking maybe it will be like that. It wasn't, and it is. <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing like that. No. <laughs> the dub is spectacular. Yes, Promare. Spectacular movie. Go see it or see it again if you can. Yeah.